0: 2020, it took me, oh my God, five years, five years to finally get around, getting around uh, to doing my podcast. I, yeah, I, um, I've been putting this off for far too long and you know what? There, there isn't even a name. There's no name for this. It's been, uh, it's untitled. This is the, you know, by the time this comes out, you'll know the name, but for now I'm doing this right from my heart, right from my triple espresso that sits in front of me. So I am sorry to get a drink. I am, uh, fully caffeinated. Um, this podcast, uh, is literally something I've wanted to do for five years. Um, I used to do a comedy podcast with some buddies years ago, I think four or five years ago, I had a podcast, uh, that was put out through catalyst my company, which, um, I'll talk about a little bit on here, but I'm not, I'm not going to reference it just as like a way to plug my company. I'm, I, I don't want it to be that, um, this is really for, uh, what I've seen happen via my company as far as, uh, making yourself vulnerable and just talking and telling hilarious stories and telling, um, sometimes hard to listen to stories and how that can help other people, um, just by somebody being honest, uh, not necessarily me, uh, when I listen to people be very vulnerable and honest, it really helps me. Um, so this podcast will definitely take shape. It's definitely going to have a, have a definitely a theme. Uh, but because I'm a person who doesn't like to wait for anything, my life's all about instant gratification. I mean, as much as I talk shit about Amazon, um, I like that instant gratification. I can get something in a day, you know, I, I, I hate I hate waiting. Let's just say that. And it's reflective and reflected, if I can speak, um, in pretty much everything I do. So with that being said, um, quick rundown. Welcome to the Untitled Podcast. Uh, my name is Kyle Passanier. Um, I run a company uh, now in Bitterford, Maine, a catalyst for Changeware. Uh, some of you may know it. Some of you may not. Uh, we'll talk about that at some other time. Um, but this is... Basically, because I've never, I mean, maybe one day in my life, I'll get to a therapist. Um, But what really helped me up as far as, or helped me out in my life was self-therapy, was just talking, being more open about things I've been through. And this is going to be basically my personal uh, therapy. Um, Today's story will make you laugh a little. It might not be the happiest thing you hear on here, because there's going to be to quote my favorite comedian and podcaster of all time, it's going to be a silly goose time sometimes on here. Anybody that follows me on social media knows that I like to have a, a silly goose time and joke around and I'm never serious. Uh, this one will be a tad serious just given time of year and I'll explain why in a minute. Um, but uh, it's going to be that. And also, I have really enjoyed getting older lately. I used to fear it. I think like a lot of people do when they're younger. Um, like I'm 34 now going to be 35 in May. I don't feel like that. Um, but the greatest thing about aging is having like this, um, just catalog of things that have happened to you and stories and fuck ups. And you can just kind of pull from those at any time, to better guide your life now that i think about it that's probably why older people are so smug because they just they know the answer to everything you know and they know they can see something happening a mile away and they kind of just laugh and say i told you so that's that's probably why wow (laughs) crazy um one second i'm sorry i i am a espresso addict and uh i have a problem i probably go through two or three iced americanos a day i gotta stop need my heart to be strong so I can continue uh, working. Um, So, yeah, that's really it. Um, This is just my therapy. I don't, you know, my goal is not to um, have tens of thousands of listeners. I think over time, people will find out more about me and why I'm doing this. Um, And if you take time to, or if you already know about Catalyst, you kind of have an idea of, of why I'm doing this. Um, but over time, I, I think it's just what I've seen in my life personally, I have seen the most reward and I have seen the most fulfillment from being very honest and being very honest with myself and because it never, it, it never used to be that way. Um, as you'll learn in, in future episodes, I'm sure I was a very different person uh, for a while. And when I truly became myself and got very honest with my issues, um, life, life really opened up for me. And I think that helps people. People aren't helped by a perfect life that you may portray or some influencer. Influencer. We'll talk about my hatred for that word as well, too, uh, as we go along. But let me get into this week's story. Um, My grandfather uh, passed away six years ago last week. And it's wild. Um, Anybody who knows me knows that, you know, I have his... World War II era dog tag around my neck uh, most of the time. Um, not as much as I used to because I'm always just so nervous about losing it. Um, but that is, that's the man who raised me. You know, I think a lot of people sometimes think, uh, well, how could you possibly have that great of a relationship with your grandfather? I mean, we did. I mean, no father figure growing up, no positive male role modeled in the house, you know, my grandfather lived here five months out of the year in Maine when he wasn't in New Jersey in the summer. Spent every minute with him. Um, went to go see him three or four times a year. We would drive to New Jersey in my mom's car uh, to go see him. Uh, she, she, my grandparents, not just him. <laughs> Make it seem like my grandmother was irrelevant. No, I loved her too, but my grandfather was my guy. Um, and um, so we had a very special bond and relationship and this, uh, you know, I think my wheels started turning about this last week when I was like, damn, it's been six years, you know, and what was a really big turning point for me in my life happened around then. Um, that's when a lot of things, uh, I got very honest about things and that was a time when I really had to take a hard look at myself at, at how I was living and what I was doing and what I wanted from my life. Um, so this is a story about him about the greatest advice he gave me. It's, uh, it's something I live my life by. It's something that is on some of our catalyst shirts. Um, it's something very simple, but the takeaways from it are immense for me. And I I hope maybe, um, you'll, you'll, you'll be able to relate to some of it. So, um, yeah. So growing up, man, uh, we were together all the time. You know, my mother worked as a kindergarten teacher and, and my sister was two years ahead of me. And um, so my grandfather would take me to practices and, you know, we'd go fishing. And if they stayed through the fall, when fall sports started, when I was a kid, you know, I'd be with him a lot, um, especially if my mom was working uh, later. Um, so he took me to a, <laughs> it's like is it peewee? Is peewee even the fucking word? Um, youth, there we go. That's you know, guys, bear with me. I'm a C student, all right? Like, I got, like, I never got above 1,000 on my SATs. Sometimes I struggle for a word. So, youth soccer game. I think I was probably in third or fourth grade Mm. around then. Um, And, you know, usually you bring water in a Gatorade bottle or a sport bottle uh, to play Pee Wee soccer. You're not bringing soda or something with a ton of sugar in it. But for some reason, I don't know why. I had lemonade in my Gatorade bottle on this specific day and I'm running around just killing it with my bowl cut, like killing it with my bowl cut. You know what? Sidetrack too. Uh, maybe I'll try to find a picture of me with a bowl cut for each episode. We'll have a different picture. We'll see. Anyway, back to the story. Um, as you can see, my ADD is immense. Um, killing it. So I'm running around, running around and I go take a big swig out of my bottle and i go to take out a big straw on it and i go take a big sip and i feel something in my mouth and i'm like what what the fuck is this and before i could get it out of my mouth i got stung in the mouth by a giant whatever the one is that stings you bumblebee hornet i don't know anyway it was something that stung me in the mouth hornet hornet um let me see hornets yeah if i'm wrong just tell me i'm a fucking idiot um So I pull this hornet out of my mouth and I'm just in shock. I mean, my mouth is really not doing well. My mouth (laughs) is starting to swell up. I'm freaking out. So uh, my grandfather takes me to the hospital. I'm checked out. I'm fine. Luckily, I'm not allergic to bees or else I would have been... We wouldn't be having this conversation right now, I don't think. And so I go home and he brings me... You know, I'm just... God, I'm so embarrassed. I... I cared so much about what people thought about me as a young kid, and, you know, the kids weren't outwardly laughing at me, but, like, you know, because parents were there, but they 100% were. Some of the parents were probably laughing at me, too, Um, so my grandfather's dropped me off in his old truck, he had an old Ford Ranger, actually, a newer Ford, it'd be older now, it was a little awesome little Ford Ranger with, like, red leather interior, just a little pickup single cab. And, uh, he dropped me off in my driveway. And as I'm walking up the driveway, he opens the door. I'll never forget this. And he looks at me and he goes, uh, he goes, Hey K. Cause he called me K. He never called me Kyle. It was always K. Um, and he would, he said, uh, keep doing what you're doing now. Even, even as like a nine, 10 year old, I had this sneaking suspicion that he was taking a piss at me, and he was making fun of me. And I'm like, why is this guy making fun of me? He's piling on. You know, like I just was like, what do you, you know, what does he mean? Keep doing what you're doing. Like, I just got stung in the goddamn mouth by a bee, hornet, whatever, playing youth soccer. The, has that, have you ever heard anybody of that? Have you, do you know anybody that's happened to? I might be the only person in the history of youth soccer that has been, that has left the game not for an injury that happened on the field, but by a bee, hornet stinging him in the mouth, whatever it might have been. So, yeah. Jesus Christ. So he said that saying a lot. I got to college and, uh, I was playing college football. It was my freshman year at Husson, and we had a game, last game of the year, uh, versus FDU, Fairleigh Dickinson University in somewhere in North Jersey, New Jersey. And, uh, so because my grandfather was obviously back there at the time, uh, cause he'd spend his summers in Maine and the fall in Maine, this was November, early November, um, He came to the game, my cousins, my, you know, my cousin who played division one football came and my grandfather, my mom, and a lot of people, you know, from family, from that area were there because my mom's from New Jersey. That's where, you know, all of my aunts and uncles and cousins live. Um, and, uh, so I had worked my way up to starting receiver, um, which was hilarious, which is another story for another time. Um, And this team was way better than us. Husson was a first-year college football team. We had all freshmen. (laughs) We were playing against men. Um, So we figured, like, look, we're going to try to catch them off guard. Flea flicker first play or double reverse flea flicker or something preposterous, right? Something a bad team does to try to go up on a really good team that inevitably is going to kill them. (laughs) So I'm getting the ball first play of the game. I'm so nervous. There's a lot of people there. And now I'm wide open. I'm wide, like, guys, imagine being wide open. Wide open. There's no one around. Imagine going and standing on a football field by yourself, and you're just playing catch with somebody. That's how open I was. Ball comes flying in from the late, great Lee St. Hilaire, which will be another topic for another time. I go up, I drop the ball, drop a touchdown, and not only do I drop it, I dislocate my finger. Have you guys ever seen a dislocated finger? Have you seen my fingers? Uh, if you know me, you know that I have some ugly-ass-looking fingers. I dislocated my fingers a fuck ton in college. I'm not really sure why. Maybe I have loose knucks. <laughs> loose knucks. That's my new That's my new, uh, That's my my new. new nickname. Loose knuckle. Co- I think I dislocated my fingers ten times in college. Had surgery on one. Anyway, so my fingers is literally off to the side. Like something you'd see in a movie. So I go to the sideline. They have to walk me around in front of my grandfather to the medical tent, which is on the opposing team sideline. So as I'm walking by, I am getting called. Now, this is, now keep in mind, this is 2003, guys. Um, I was getting called the F word uh, a lot, <laughs> getting made fun of uh, by a lot of people, uh, getting called names right in front of my family and my grandfather. And I'm, I have a, a towel over my hand because if my mom saw what my hand looked like, she probably would have thrown up. Um... So they're going to put my, my bone back into place or whatever it is. So as I'm passing by my grandfather, he cups his hands over his mouth and he looks at me and he goes, he yells, Hey Kay, it's all right. Keep doing what you're doing. And I shit you not like 50 people, drunk kids who were there watching the game from FDU erupted in laughter and started saying that back to me. Keep doing like they're teasing me with it. And I'm just like this goddamn asshole. He is making fun of me. I'm not as good as my cousins. I'm not as good, you know, make, you know, literally all I wanted to do was make him proud. That's all I wanted to do was make him proud and be accepted. (laughs) Like I felt like he accepted all my other cousins. He always accepted me, but I felt like I was lesser than my other ones. And, uh, so finger gets put back into place. I go back in, I do decent, get a couple more catches and, you know, go home with my messed up finger back to Maine. So After college, a lot of time passes. Um, I am just really fucking around. You know, I moved to Cape Cod, started my first clothing company with my friend Ross uh, Elixir. Some people would know that one. Um, Then it just became me. Uh, We went our separate ways. I moved to New Jersey with an ex-ex-ex girlfriend. That didn't work out. Tried doing things in New York City with Elixir move back to Maine. I'm giving you the really sped up version. You'll hear more about this later. Most people who know me know this story. Um, basically I was what pretty much every kid is doing now on the internet. I was trying to fake it. Not even until I made it, just fake it. Um, thinking that it was enough to, 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 uh, get by it was just that I, I, that I owned a clothing company. That's, that's what I cared about more than actually running a company if we're being, uh, if we're being completely honest. And, uh, I think a, a lot of people now are caught up in that, which is another topic for another time. That might be, you know what, I'm going to get bumper stickers made with that saying on it. Cause that's literally what this podcast is going to be. Cause it's only one story at a time. Sorry. i am almost done my espresso, but to get through this, I have to have, I have to have a triple, a triple, or at least quadruple espresso in me. Um, so again, two times, two embarrassments, to keep doing what you're doing. I move on from college. I waste half my twenties now. Um, this might've been 2013 a year before he passed. Uh, I get a call from Huston university, same place I played football at, which I never got calls from ever. <laughs> uh, was not a great student. Didn't care. Um, until the end, until the end, um, when I actually took classes I liked and, uh, they said, Hey, um, we are putting you in the hall of fame at Hudson and you're going to be the youngest person ever in the hall of fame. And I go, the sports hall of fame. <laughs> Cause I, for some reason I thought they may, uh, and they go, no, the alumni hall of fame, like the hall of fame. And I go, really? And, I had done such a good job of making people think that my company was bigger than what it was, um, because I was so fearful of being portrayed as a loser. Um, which a lot of people deal with that now. Um, that I had done a pretty good job getting by with that. I had I, I had done some good work, but you know, I landed myself, um, you know, on TV and TED Talks and Fox News and. MSNBC and all these places, right? I just, I had, I cared more about that than actually running the company. Again, a lot of people have that problem now, especially with social media. Um, so because I was still an asshole, I said yes to being inducted into the Hall of Fame. And I thought, well, maybe one day I could actually earn this. Um, so to give you an idea of the kind of guys they were inducting, uh, I'm pretty sure there was an older gentleman there in his 60s who was the vice president of Duracell. And then there was me, (laughs) some guy that kind of had a, uh, a, uh, slapped together idea of a clothing company with no real mission, just with gaudy ass shirts. Um, so I get inducted (sighs) and my grandfather's there and he's, he's been having a tough time and, uh, he had just had surgery on his neck um which is never a good thing to get surgery when you're in your 80s on something like that and he had been having a tough time and he really had a tough time lifting his head at this time but he was there and i remember uh he was there with my grandmother and he looked at me and he said uh it's a pretty good job and he said uh I'm proud of you uh you know keep doing what you're doing and For the first time, I kind of thought, okay, he said it, I think, in a positive way. Today was a good day. And I still felt terrible because I still wasn't really doing anything. I wasn't being true to myself. I was getting these accolades. But it doesn't mean anything if you're not actually doing the work and you've bled and sweat and cried and slaved for something that you dream about. So that really hurt because I, I wanted to actually be doing the work and I wanted him to be proud of me. And about six months later, uh, he had really gotten worse and it was a Sunday night and I called him every weekend and I had been not distant. I called him every week to check in, but, uh, I was in a rough spot. You know, I just, I had, I had gotten this recognition and these awards for doing nothing. And that was weighing on me. And I was really kind of stuck at what I should be doing with my life. I was probably 27, 28, 28, going to be 28 at the time. And I really had nothing to show. I mean, I had some things to show. I had a resume of things that I hadn't earned. Um, so I called them and, you know we talk, and at the time he had a hard time remembering a lot of people, even even my mother and uh but he always remembered me, he remembered everything, and so we get done, and we're getting ready to hang up the phone and he said, uh he said, so what you know what are you doing now for work and I said, well pop i said uh i'm i am i am doing my clothing company, you know, like you you know he didn't remember that that was what I was getting inducted for at Husson. and he said, "Well, he goes." You can do anything. You can do anything you want. Anything you want. So, whatever it is that you choose, I know you'll be great at it. He told me he loved me. And the last words he ever said to me were, Keep doing what you're doing. And that was the last time I ever spoke to my grandfather. It was two days later, he passed away. And, <sighs> hmm. It was tough. It was tough. It really sent me into a uh a weird place for sure, which we'll touch on another time. <laughs> um it really kind of set me on a different path in life. But what I realized was keep doing what you're doing was never meant to be detrimental to me. It was never making fun of me. It was honest, sincere advice about how to live your life. You know, whatever it is that you're doing, if it's going bad, keep doing it. Fix it. If it's going good, keep doing it. Accept the bad days with the good days. I have grown very accustomed to, to, to that. I'm sitting in an office that I never thought I'd be in right now, looking at a store I never thought we'd have, um, just finishing up a sale weekend where, again, a bunch of our stuff sold out. We've been doing this for three, four, five, six years now, six years where we have just have this following of people who want to buy our stuff that believe in something. And I love it. And I just, I decided to keep doing it. And I I've accepted that some days are going to (laughs) suck. You know, during a day there might be like 10 things that go wrong and two things that go good. And the next day it might be flip-flopped. It might be a really great day where nothing goes right. I mean nothing goes wrong. It's beautiful. And you're like, Well, God, life can't get any better than this, and the comedowns what gets what 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 gets people so i, I as a thirty four year old man, I look at these stories, this one specifically, which I've told a lot of times at storytelling events, and it's 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 really a metaphor for going with the flow, and if you love something, keep doing it. That doesn't mean that it's not going to hurt. And that doesn't mean it's not going to break your fingers or sting you in the mouth. (laughs) Um, But that's the difference between successful and unsuccessful people. If it's just showing up, it's doing it. It's doing it when you don't want to do it. Staying late, coming early. That's it. That's literally the only difference. That's 100% the only difference. And when I made that change in my life, which we'll talk about some other time, that's when kind of my life uh turned around a little bit. So that's story number 1. Hope I didn't make anybody depressed. <laughs> no, I don't think that's a depressing story. Um but I wanted to start with that one cuz that's the one that I'm really proud of. Um you know, 6 weeks from now when you hear a story about uh, me and my buddies doing something absolutely ridiculous from high school, or something from college, or something that happened uh, uh, along this journey of catalyst, or uh, the story about the time I got banned for life from the Philadelphia Zoo at four years old. You're gonna go, what the fuck happened? From the first one, I told you up front, the name of this podcast will be probably what I announce it to be right now. Don't know the name. Um, is that okay? Yes. Uh, What's important is just that I have a a place now to share anything. This is really a a metaphor about life, but life and business go hand in hand, I think. I mean, that's just me. Um, There'll be times where I get on here and rant about something business-related. There'll be times where I get on here and rant about something, anything. It could be business, it could be personal. Am I going to have guests? Maybe. But see, in the past when I did that, and anybody who has a podcast who does guests or people are always expecting a guest that becomes very stressful. You come out of the gate real strong. You might have your, you know, I could call on some NFL buddies that I have some, uh, some musicians. I could call on some WWE people. I can call on all these people that I don't want to call on (laughs) because I don't like asking for anything, but everybody's got connections, right? I'm not like trying to be an asshole here, but it's like, everybody's got connections. So you go through your connections. Most people, when they start a podcast and, and, then they run out of ideas. That's not going to be this. If uh, if a guest happens to pop on here, great. If not, uh, we won't have them. Nine times out of 10, it's going to be me. It's going to be me talking like the lunatic that I am. And hopefully, um, if one person hears one of these stories and takes something from it, sweet. Because once upon a time, that's all I really ever wanted was just to hear a piece of advice or not even a piece of advice, relate to a story. So I don't feel so alone. Type thing. You know what I mean? That's all I got. I won this, guys. I won it. I had a few notes, and I, w- I just last sip of espresso. I'm sorry. All right. So, yeah. I don't know when this is going to come out. I'm not going to be one of those people. If somebody wants to offer me money to advertise on this five years from now, and, and we're, in the words of Chris backing up the Brinks truck for this, great. That's not my goal. My goal is just to be honest and just have a place to talk. Get a little, you know, I have, I'm waiting for the UPS guy to come right now so I can start printing some hoodies. <laughs> so this is, this is what I wanted to do in that downtime. Um, so yeah, so probably twice a week, twice a week, Tuesday, Thursday, something like that. I think, um, I'm going to be on Apple podcasts. Is that even what the fuck it's called? Uh, Apple podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, any place you get podcasts you'll be able to get this. It's 2020. Do I really have to say this? No, I I don't have to say this. You know where you can find podcasts. Jesus. And I guess this is the part where I have to say this. Rate, review, and subscribe. You don't have to do any of those things, but I feel like every podcast I listen to says that. I'm oh, sorry. Guys, um man, my name is Kyle. The name of this podcast is Whatever it's gonna be. Next week I'll have the name. Or next time I should say. Um I hope you like the story. Keep doing what you're doing. I hope you can implement that in your daily life. And uh yeah, we'll see you see you next time, I guess. Yeah. Yo, hang on. That's police.